0: on local now channel 525 the views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management perspective teaching conversation this is isaiah 61 over the next half hour you'll hear why the lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing in the church and in daily life as god's children now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. And, uh, just want to continue with you, uh, talking about the subject of, of, uh, of, of men and, uh, and, and where we are in life. You know, uh, it's great to have, uh, Brother Terrell Hill, you know, on the air with us. He was being, being humble and, and, uh, where he came from. Terrell is a, uh a, a guy I met um through Damascus Way program and uh just you know you live your life a lot of times you know in in the fairy tale definition of manhood of uh you know being able to you know uh seduce women, fight uh handle a lot of liquor, handle a lot of drugs, whatever like that, you know, and that's your that's your definition of manhood. But as I said earlier That, uh, you know, now my definition of manhood, I doubt from uh, Brother Ed Cole, which is uh, manhood and Christ-likeness are synonymous. You know, Jesus Christ was the he was the manly man. He was the man of man's. And though sometimes uh, our our, uh, pictorial definitions of Christ don't reflect uh, that manly man, the guy who could uh, wield a hammer and uh, build a table and also uh, flip tables and turn out, turn out the temple. You know, but we we know that 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 Christ walked in His purpose. He walked in His level of manhood, and in a day and age where uh, being a man is really uh, is under attack. You know, what I mean, it's under attack. We we have this um this this hidden desire for everybody to be the same. You know, uh, you know, we can call it you know the Adonis movement. You know, what I mean, that a lot of people credit it. Uh, that even said like during the time of the eighties where. You know, you couldn't tell a hairdo or outfit from a man or woman apart, you know, your Michael Jackson princes or whatever, things like that. And, uh, you know, and 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 not to say that a woman can't do things that a man can do or a man can't do things that a woman can do. I, I do believe in uh, inscription. I do believe there are some clear roles that have to be followed. You know, what I mean, uh, God didn't want men to uh, to bear children. He know how we are. You know, what I mean, we. We don't have that attachment, you know. And some of us do, but most of us don't have that attachment, you know, the way moms do. You know, what I mean, even with my wife, I'm, I'm in amazement sometimes at how my wife will, uh, you know, reward my children in spite of, you know, what I mean, I don't want to give them nothing, you know, when they when they're when they're messing up or doing things like that, and then she comes in with that compassionate ear and and uh and brings balance, you know, and brings balance and. And then, uh, but you know, she she knows when the heavy hand comes. That it's like, where's Daddy? But in my house, it was the opposite. My mom was the heavy hand, and my dad was the one that brought the compassion. You know, that, that would let us get away with things. And if my mother said, I'm, "I'm I'm telling your dad," I got happy because I knew, you know, it wasn't going to be physical. You know, what I mean? <laughs> it wasn't going to be physical. If, if Dad had to hand out the the uh, the discipline, it wasn't going to be physical. If Mom was handing it out. Oh my goodness, man. It was, you know, I'm 57. I'm still scared of that woman, but, uh, you know, just, that's just how it is, you know, but what I wanted to talk about today is, is looking at at manhood, Dr. Dobson, uh, you know, you know, manhood doesn't start at 12 or, you know, at 13 or at that age that it comes in there. It doesn't start at 17, 18 or 21. Uh, you know, the, the, the rearing of the, the male child is something that should be done, uh, while they're still in the womb, you know, uh, I had the benefit, and I say it was a benefit of me of being married late, and and I, I got married later in life, and it gave me an opportunity to to see some things and for God to talk to me, and I realized that the time that I was waiting to get married was not a time of torture, you know, when the time of loneliness, when the time of you know frustration, but it was a time of preparation, you know, that that allowed me to prepare myself to get ready for this thing called marriage. It allowed me. To prepare and to make sure that above all else, I honored my marriage vows. You know, it's like I always tell my wife, uh, last time I checked my marriage vows, children wasn't nowhere in it. So, <laughs> I said, so, so don't be trying to make me feel guilty about children. You know what I mean? I said, oh, I love them. I'm gonna raise them. But, uh, you know, we, we're not gonna feel guilty about it. But when you, when you look at it, at, 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 uh, we're going back to Proverbs 31. When you look at what, uh, King Lemuel's mom, you know, Told him and some of the things that she Inflected in him and then you go back into Proverbs A little bit further to Proverbs chapter 5 And you, you hear uh, Solomon you know uh, Talking about uh, the things that his Father had taught him and how he wished he would Have listened to what he was uh, he was Trying to teach them and then you see That, that there's a, a a pattern You know Deuteronomy chapter 6 You know always keep the word you know In front of your children you know write it upon your hands Write it upon your doorpost. Uh, you know, just, you know, always keep it there. So there's a, there's a pattern that, that, that in, in the Jewish culture of, of preparing for manhood from day one and, and, and not waiting. You know what I mean? Whereas I see the pattern in, in, in my day in my time with the people that I've come in contact with is that the childhood years are years of play. They're years of fun. They're years of carefree living. You know what I mean? They're not years of preparation. And then all of a sudden at age 12 or 13, we want to put these expectations on, you know, them and say, like, look, you're, you know, you're 13 now, you're 15 now, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that, you need to be doing this. But where was the preparation in that? You know, what I mean, where, where was the decision making in that? You know, as I spent years as a, as a manager of a, of a Toys R Us, and uh, I used to hear parents come in the store with their kids and ask the kids, "What do you want?" You know, what I mean, and the kid would say, "I want this," and 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 really, what they wanted was what they saw on TV or what they saw. At the movies, it wasn't it had nothing to do with quality. It had nothing to do with uh, value. It was just this is what I saw. This is what I want. And then I would look and say, you know, you, well, at least you ought to teach them how to choose a toy, you know, before you get so before you start letting them choose a toy, you know. And uh, you know, in, in my household, it was always you know when Grandma and Grandpa would send money for birthdays and Christmas, and they really want to run the Toys R Us and buy a toy. In our house, you couldn't buy a toy unless you bought a book. You know, you, you had to buy a book. You, if you bought a toy, you had to buy a book. So we spent more time trying to find a book than a toy because they knew the toy they wanted. They didn't saw the commercials. They didn't saw the movie. They didn't saw you know whatever. They knew the toy they wanted. But man, we be at that book thing laboring, trying to get a book, trying to get a book, trying to get a book. And uh, you know, so I passed a whole lot of books on to my my grandchildren because we had a lot of books. You know what I mean? Because they they would go in and uh, and do there. But you know. You know, I I read in Proverbs chapter five, and let me uh, read this to you, Uh, you know, which which is uh, and I give you the Joe Sutton uh, urban interpretation. Uh, (laughs) uh, It says uh, verse seven. So now my sons, listen to me. Never stray for what I'm about to say. You know, I mean, here comes his education part. And the first thing it says in verse eight is stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and you will lose to merciless people all you have achieved strangers will consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor right and you know i was talking to a group of guys one time a group of older guys who was playing basketball and i had to deliver the uh the little the little halftime message and and so a lot of these guys were you know they were between the ages of 16 and and like 27 years old and i i chose i chose this verse cuz you know i know that's the age where you know, probably all of them, you know, either have a baby or, you know, is in in the in position are getting one. But I said, you know, it says stay away from them. If you do, you lose your honor, and you will lose to merciless people all you've achieved. I don't know if you've ever sat up in, in a in a family court, and uh, but when you go to family court, oh my goodness, and you a male, oh my goodness, they're merciless. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're merciless. Uh, I sat in family court with my dad one time when he was getting a divorce from his second wife. I was 18 years old. It was that court experience that made me decide that I was going to practice abstinence. It was sitting in the courtroom watching case after case before my dad's case came up or watching how the judge and attorneys treated those men that were up there for divorce or child support and not taking in the fact bills or anything. Just, you know, one guy sent off to jail. It was, I'm sitting there watching this and I'm saying like, man, I said, all oh, because they want to have sex. I said, I am eighteen years old. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm practicing abstinence. You know what I mean? I said, I'm practicing that. It ain't worth it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, at the time, at eighteen, money was precious to me, and I couldn't see, I couldn't see giving my wealth to a stranger. You know, some other man living with my, 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 my woman, or married, married to my, my, my woman, and my kid is there, and my child support is going in that house. And as it says here in verse ten, strangers will consume your wealth. And someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. Somebody else gonna enjoy my child. You know what I mean? I'm on the outside sitting in. I said, "Oh, that's not gonna be me. My children are gonna be under my roof." And 18 years old sitting in divorce court wasn't sitting in church. You know what I mean? I was sitting in divorce. I mean, in child in, in in our family court, and I made that decision that that's how it is because it says in verse 11, "In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body." You know, and and I said, well, I don't have to take a rocket scientist to figure out what that is. You know, in our day, you know, I used to work for uh, New Life Family Services and, and I did. Uh, I was an abstinence resource speaker and I would go into schools and talk about sex and talk about sexual diseases and and monster kids to practice abstinence and everything like that until they were married. And uh, but, you know, just just looking at, uh, say, 30 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, we only had to worry about two sexually transmitted diseases, which were syphilis and gonorrhea. And today there's so many of them that it's, it's just not, it's not even funny. I mean, you know, you had a big ones like, like, uh, you know, AIDS, you know, everybody goes, oh, AIDS, you know, I don't want to get AIDS you know, AIDS incurable, you know, uh, herpes incurable, you know what I mean? Still got syphilis and gonorrhea, but different strains of them that's going around. Then you got the one that's spreading like wildfire nowadays is chlamydia and chlamydia just consumes or eats up your reproductive organs so that you can't, you can't reproduce and it doesn't have any visible signs. You just had to get tested to find out if you have it. So I'm looking here and it says in the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. You know what I mean? You're out here living, you know, if you think manhood is out here, how many women you can sleep with and doing that. And then you run that risk of catching that, catching the disease and you'll give somebody else a disease. And then now it's on your body. And then in verse 12, you will say how I hated discipline. If, if only I had not ignored all the warnings or oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why did not pay attention to my structures? I have come to the brink of utter ruin and I now face public disgrace. You know, the sad thing about it today is when I look out here, there are not many teachers. Dr. Dobson did a series on raising boys and uh, it was a great, excellent series. You know what I mean? You know, I had to take him, put a little bit of urban in it. You know what I mean? But contextually, it was, it was just an excellent series. I taught it in my church. Uh, taught in some other churches, you know, somebody heard what I did, and they, they looked at the success I've had with young men over the years and asked me to come and share, it. and, and, and I, you know, I just used Dobson. It was It was right on, raising up boys. And uh, I encourage anybody with, with, with young boys to, to, to watch that series or listen to that series because it gives you some insight on raising boys versus versus girls, you know what I mean? I, I'm a purpose guy, you know what I mean? I, I believe in purpose, and I believe everybody has a purpose, and it's a unique purpose. Uh, none of my kids, all of them went to different schools they went to the schools based upon their purpose, not necessarily convenience for me. Um, you know, I, I, and that's what I try to do. I try to look at what, it, what it is while they were in the womb. I prayed and asked God, God, what are they to do? And and I named all my children according to their purpose. You know what I mean? And that's their name. It's in their name, you know, so that they can know. And I'm, I'm heavy with that. You know what I mean? It says train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. You know, and not just training them up in the ways of of, 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 of Torah or training them up in the ways of, of your family traditions or anything like that, but in the way that they should go. What is their purpose? You know, you're gonna raise a doctor different than you raise an engineer. You're gonna raise, you're gonna raise a preacher different than you raise a warrior. You know what I mean? And so, so when you when you when, when when mine was in the womb, man, me and my wife would pray every day. I lay hands, quote scripture over them, talk to them. Uh, when they come out it's there. Uh, if I bought them something, a gift or anything, it always revolved around their purpose. You know, one of them, I always brought home a ball. The other one I always brought home a gun. The other one I brought home, uh, teaching materials. You know, it just, it was just different. Other ones, you know, electronics, you know, it just was different for each and every one of them because I know they each had a different purpose, you know, but when it came to just the raising my boys in general, I'm going to give you, uh, <laughs> my, my word. I'm going to teach you how to application after we take the break. But, uh, you know, you know, one of the things I always told him, I said, men do. What they have to do. Women do what they want to do. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and, and my, my boys, uh, hate when that comes out. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we as men can be very selfish. Uh, we as men can be very, uh, uh, me, me, me. And if you raise a young man to focus on himself, you really create, you, you create something that I wouldn't want my daughters to marry. You know, what I mean, because as head of household, you have to exemplify Christ in this relationship and Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. He didn't wait to see what we were going to do for him. He did for us. And so I have to in turn. I treat, tell my young men, even ones I'm raising or discipling that we don't look for. We don't look for what people can do for us or return because you did for me. I do for you. What we do is we do what we're supposed to do. We do what we have to do. You know what I mean? And that's it. We're not looking for reward. I mean, Christ knew he had to die for the church. He didn't go like, well, let me see if they're going to serve me first. You know what I mean? Let me see if they're going to be honest first. He said, no. He said, he said, this is what I have to do. It wasn't what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I mean, you know, you, what you want to do, what you have. I tell my kids, I don't want to spend my whole check on y'all. You know what I mean? I want a drop-top convertible uh corvette <laughs> riding around but i can't get a corvette with seven kids you know I'm doing? and so uh we're gonna take a break right now you're listening to isaiah 61 on kkms 980 am i'm pastor joe sutton and uh we're talking about manhood and now we're gonna focus on raising men that uh that not only can you a mama can be proud of but a daddy can be proud of and that god can be proud of we're taking a break and we we'll see you after the break So you want to take a break from your day and watch some funny videos online. There's nothing wrong with that, but it can be tough with all the riff-raff, pop-ups, and questionable content on some video streaming sites. The solution, GodTube.com. This is a news story talking about the existence of atheist megachurches. Hey, what do you do there? Do you sing worship songs? Shout to the void, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to nothing. Safe for the whole family. Get your daily laugh from the comedy section at GodTube.com. Hey, we're back to Isaiah 61. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, As always, you know, just want to always leave an open invitation to you. Just want to tell you that uh, we've uh, uh, started our track season. You know, uh, we practice every Tuesday and Thursday at Harrison Park. It's about Olson and Irving Avenue North. Uh, we practice on the Olson side and from 6 o'clock to about 7.30 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then Saturday from 1 o'clock to 2.30, we're at Edison High School over in Northeast. Uh, great track season. Runs from May all the way to July. Uh, you know, the same principles that I talk about here. I teach young people, uh, whether they're on our track team or whether they're uh, attending our everyday summer academy, you know we have we have an eight week everyday program from nine thirty to four thirty. We do a week of camping in tents in the summer. So if you want looking for a place for your child to watch, uh, we only charge seventy five dollars. But and to make that happen, uh, we we raise money. So on June June third, we're having a walk for youth, and uh and so it costs about four hundred and fifty dollars for a kid to be in our eight week program. And we charge 75. So we raised the other 375. So we have a fundraising goal this year of, uh, of uh, $40,000. And so that's what we're trying to hit. Uh, you can go to the website, uh, church website, www.soto.org. Or you can go to our actual uh, Leadership Academy website, which is uh, www.3deep. That's the number three and deep deepleadership.com. And uh, you can see information on, on giving. And, uh, the, the walk information isn't up yet. It, it should be up this week. The link should be up when we, we finish getting the webpage done. And, uh, and we just want to get out there and, and offer kids an opportunity to not only increase themselves in their, in education and or, you know, get out there and, and have a nice social time through athletics. But in all we do, we bathe them in, 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 uh, in God's word. And, uh, and so we get out there, we build relationships, we try to impact families and try to do what we do best. And, uh, and we do our Friday night feeds. where We feed the community with a meal. Come on out. Get to know some people. Uh, you can find that information on the website also. So just do that. Just a little announcement there. And as always, you're always welcome to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday. I'm back to this manhood thing, you know what I mean, which is uh, a thing that I'm really passionate about because, because uh, you know, I remember my son, my adopted son, uh, when he came to live with me, he said, you know, he looked at me and he said, Dad, can I be honest with you? I said, yeah, you can be honest with me. He said, you're a Neanderthal. I said, I'm a Neanderthal. He said, yeah, you're a Neanderthal. He said, you just, you're just so unmovable. You just, you don't listen. You just you, you, you just had a viewpoint. And I said, I said, why does it make me a Neanderthal? He said, because that's, that's the old way, you know what I mean? And so, and, and, and you know, we talked, and I wanted to know where he got his reason and logic from, but through the course of him going, traveling through foster care and, and through different schools he was in, uh, you know He had been taught That uh, that I guess People like me Were Neanderthals That's just not done That way anymore You know what I mean And and I'm Neanderthal Because my yay is yay And my nay is nay I don't move When I say yes I say yes When I say no I say no And they come to me Trying to you know bribe me You know Oh dad I'll do this If you let me do this And I'll do this And it's still no And I, it's, I'll talk to you For 35-45 minutes And say sounds good Sounds good Sounds good No You know what I mean And my wife said Why do you even Waste their time Letting them talk. I said, well, I just want to teach them skills, you know what I mean? So they can get there. And I said, but they have to understand that, that before you say yes or no, especially as a man, that you need to think it out. And, you know, because you're going, it's not based upon what you want to do. It's based upon what you have to do. You know what I mean? I said, you know, I, you know, sometimes when y'all make me mad and, you know, you don't clean your room or you have cleaner dishes and I may be upset and, you know, I don't, I don't want to feed you. <laughs> But I have to feed you, you know what I mean. I may not even want to do something, I say, but it's not what I want to do. I have to do what I have to do. You know what I mean? I and I have to go through that. It's not it's not whether or not that that I love you or not. It's it's what do I have to do. What what has has as in my have to do is based upon what God has commanded me to do. You know, I don't pick and choose which scriptures I tend to follow, and I might not agree with all of them because I'm a human being and I may want things my way and can't get my way. But I do what I have to do. And that's one thing I thank my mom for doing and for, for when she was raising me is that she always emphasized to us that, you know, there's certain things that we have to do. They don't require thought. They don't require feelings. They don't require anything. They just have to be done. And uh, and so, you know, even when I was in the streets out there, you know, in and, uh, and, 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 and what, what some would call a, a negative culture, you know, that's the mantra that I went. They went by you do what you have to do. You know, what I mean, you don't do what you want to do. You do what you have to do. You know, the the the, the model that was always there was proper preparation prevents poor performance, and then and that's what you do. You you didn't feel like preparing, but you had to. You know, what I mean, you know, you didn't feel like planning, you had to. You know, and they held you and they held you to that. But nowadays we don't have the teachers. You know, in that proverb that I read in Proverbs five, he said, "Whoa, I wish I had listened to my teachers." But now we don't have teachers because you're on, in some families you're on you're on third and fourth generation of no male leadership no male leadership so even young men who are born into a family don't know what it means as you heard Terrell say that you know he just let his wife do everything because that's his mama did everything so he just let her do everything and you know and that's fine for a while but when you're not wired for that then she looks at him said when are you gonna lead you know what I mean you know everybody likes leading for a while Then it's like it just starts wearing you out you know when are you going to lead and he like well, lead and i will let you lead you know what i mean and and then it, it then the tear and the, the stress starts coming into a relationship you know because it's there but so you you don't have a teacher you know what i mean you know roman says you know how can someone learn unless they're taught you know what i mean and how can they be taught unless someone is sent but you know the thing about it is is that we're so far off base on the role on the role that of a of a man in our society and even in our families That, you know, that, that, you know, a man only thing he needs to do is pay child support. He doesn't need to visit his child. He doesn't need to have no physical presence or anything like that. You know, I mean, that's what society says. And and it's better off that way. And that's not how God designed it. You know what I mean? And so we got We have to get back to the point of understanding what does God want for me to do as a man? And how in turn can I find someone to teach me? You know, I mean, can I find someone to teach me? You know what I mean? You know, and that's the struggle with some of the young guys that I work with you know, when they get to that sport, especially those coming out of the gang culture. You know what I mean? It's finding someone who's willing to teach them how to walk in this thing called manhood from a biblical perspective to be the kind of man that God enjoys. You know what I mean? Hey, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, shoot me a comment. Shoot me a word. Uh, you can go through either one of the websites I mentioned before. Uh, you know my email is uh, Suttons S-U-T-T-O-N-S M-P-L at AOL.com that's Suttons M-P-L at AOL.com and uh, you can hit me through the radio station love you we're going to wrap this up next week and, uh, and move on to a new topic thank you goodbye